This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on, Troll, Hockey fans? Caps fans, we've got a really great episode, as always, for you today. We're getting the double dose of hockey, which is kind of refreshing considering how the Caps have been playing this past week. But, you know, we get the NHL, we've got the Olympics going on, and of course, we're going to be covering league news as per tradition on a Monday episode. So, Polly, what do you think? Just pop some tabs and just get right into it. Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. So, first things first, we got some league news. Pat Maroon signed a two-year, $2 million contract with Tampa. Would have been a UFA after this season, 33 years old. Um, Fat Pat. Getting paid again till he's thirty-five. Well, you know, uh, three Stanley Cups. Uh, he's a lucky charm, and I think normally when he re- originally went to Tampa, I think he signed for nine hundred thousand. So uh, a little bit of a raise, I believe. Yeah, um, but he's he's proved that he's. Well, he might not be a superstar. He's a valuable piece of, of that team. Yeah, I mean, talk about a guy who's just experienced a ton of relevancy late in his career. Um, <clears throat> and he can obviously still play. So, you know, not a huge groundbreaking signing um, and also not super surprising, but uh, two years. And I think that's a low, you know, for a player like him, let's say uh, it's a good bargain. It is. And, you know, with their constant need to um, juggle the cap because of their high superstar roster, a signing like this is very good management. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Robert Bartuzzo signed a two-year, $1.9 million contract with the St. Louis Blues. On Tuesday, has an average annual value of nine hundred and fifty k a year. Also, would have been a UFA after the season. Thirty two years old. So some of these old guys are getting some love, huh? Yeah, it's good to see. You know, uh, even though the the league is changing and teams are getting younger, there's definitely still value on the the experienced guys, even if they aren't as fleet of foot or pulling off Michigan goals. <laughs> Right. Uh, and speaking of uh, older older player, Martin St. Louis, you ever heard of him, is the Canadians' new coach. And I believe he was in an assistant coach role there? No, I, um, I thought that they said during the Caps broadcast that he was coaching Pee Wee or something. Oh, fuck, really? <laughs> so... He's their interim coach, and I don't, I don't even remember who they fired. Uh, but as you know, the Canadians are in the shitter. Uh, even the Caps can beat them. Let's just say that. Um, so, obviously, it was time for a big move. This is the same organization that moved on from Bergevin earlier this year. So, I think that that's kind of a, a pretty 
pretty big move, Polly. Yeah, and um, you know, it's he doesn't have a whole lot of experience, obviously. Right. And I, I think it's crazy that guys get a shot as a head coach without like putting in a lot of you know the guys who don't play in the NHL they have to climb their way up over years <laughs> right and um, I don't know I mean he, he might end up being a really good coach but uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of success from superstars going behind the bench well what they're looking for here is a little bit of uh, the magic that Rod Brindamore has been able to capture in, in Carolina I believe and also I think he was named an interim head coach. I don't think that he was – he's been truly named like their new permanent solution. Yeah, he is interim. You're right. Yeah. So while he is still their head coach, like, I mean, he's still kind of – I don't know. I guess if you're just going to throw away a season, I, why the fuck not bring <laughs> Marty St. Louis in to, uh, to you know, coach up your – your guys are at least be in the locker room with him, you know? Yeah. And with a name like that, I imagine he probably grew up a Canadians fan. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, how many tickets do you think they're going to sell just, I mean, when they start letting people back in, um, just be, just to see the silver Fox. I mean, the dude looks good. Did you see him behind the bench? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he looks real good. Um, He's like a foot shorter than everybody else, but like, you know, looks pretty good for, for an older guy. Uh, full head of of silver hair. Yeah, he's um, he's a good pick. <laughs> um, so who knows? Well, we'll keep you abreast of what happens with the Canadians, but obviously, uh, nothing good right now. Other than they've got a legend behind the bench, and we'll see if that helps them or not. <laughs> um, Jack Eichel started full contact practice, so. We're probably looking at a return from him before playoffs, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and um, I think they had said they were eyeing a mid-February return, mm-hmm. and then um, and then that changed, and they said we're not sure yet. We can't really put a time on it, and yeah, I mean, I think he's going to come back. I mean. He'll probably, I think, at least get ten games, maybe more. Right, which is which would be perfect. Like to come back and get a get ten games and roll right into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, real quick, I yeah. uh, I, I fact checked myself, and on Hockey DB, Martin Saint Louis, his only coaching experience is <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens. So okay. Uh, <laughs> Not exactly sure what he was doing, but they pulled him out of nowhere. Yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty weird to see him behind the bench. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> um, the Chicago Blackhawks fired head athletic trainer of, the Rock- of Rockford, uh, their American, uh, the AHL affiliate, in November following an investigation uh, into allegations of, of sexual harassment. So, you know, it looks like that's kind of uh, – um, a leftover initiative of what their what their of their previous kind of um, previous issues with this, um, you know, I there's that, and then 
around the same time Rocky Wirtz had like an open town hall thing where people were asking about what they're going to do to commit to the safety of the players moving forward. And he exploded and was like, we're not going to talk about it. Move on. Everybody needs to just move on from that. And that's probably the worst fucking thing he could. I mean, since then he's issued an apology, but like, you know, fuck that organization, dude. Yeah. I saw someone tweet and just said, burn it all to the ground. (laughs) Uh, did you get to see the video where he like goes off on the reporter who's like, asking a legitimate question? I mean, you know, and the the reporter obviously took to Twitter to talk about it, and um, he was like, "I thought it was a muffin, like it was a pretty pretty uh, big meatball that he could have just knocked out of the park, but instead he shit the bed." Yeah, it was um, it was embarrassing. It was shameful. I mean, that uh, something like that. I mean, I, I get he's probably frustrated because he just wants to talk about hockey and he doesn't want to be dealing with all this. But that's just too damn bad. Um, so you know, answer the questions. You know, he could have always just said no comment instead of acting like that. Yeah, but even no comment would have been just as bad. Like, I mean. Maybe not as bad, but it would have been shit if you would have said no comment either. I mean, uh, you gotta, you're forced to talk about it, dude. Like, you let this shit happen, you fucking piece of shit. Like, talk about it, and basically, you should be on your hands and fucking knees begging for forgiveness, honestly. If, if it's, if, if we're gonna be completely honest about all of this, is that you should be really groveling for your fans to come back because, you know, the reporter said, like, you know, he's heard that there may be people who don't want to re-up their season tickets. So, because of this, you know, the Kyle Beach incident. And he's like, we're not going to talk about Kyle Beach and all this other stuff. So, I don't know, man. Just a really bad look. Um, it is. And uh, I, I, I hope that this doesn't go away. It like, doesn't get forgotten quickly. Right, right, right. Yeah. I don't think it's a move on situation. It's a move forward with knowing like this was bad and, and completely owning it is, is the best thing to do here. Yeah. Scott Niedemeyer named uh, special advisor to hockey operations for the Anaheim Ducks on Tuesday. They're getting the gang back together there in Anaheim, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, all that's left is to break out the old jerseys from d2 <laughs> yeah yeah um or the goalie duck you remember him oh yeah um so i don't think they ever wore those in the nhl though. no they didn't but that was a sick uh that was a sweet uh jersey i'm sure they did like on a war for like warm-ups or something or for like nostalgia night but um yeah uh so that's who they're they're kind of uh going with as far as coaching uh what else didn't they just do another they they change um something like coaching or gm yeah i think yeah pat verbeek pat verbeek was named as the anaheim ducks general manager so uh look for some systematic i mean i would i would say like they're probably going to clear house a little bit um their current coach his name is like dallas something um 
their their current head coach, Dallas Eakins. So, you know, I don't know if his job's on the table or what. The Ducks look good. I mean, I think they're punching above their weight a little bit this season. So, uh, largely due to their the resurgence of their young players and, you know, Trevor Zegras, Troy, Troy Terry, um, getting good goaltending from Gibson, see if, if he moves or stays. Um, you know, that's a goalie that I would trade for, for the Caps, John Gibson. Yeah, he's uh, <clears throat> he's good. And he's been good for a while. And it's good to see that the team is putting it together and uh, giving him a chance to not get shelled every night. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Tuka Rask is officially retired. I think he did. He, he announced retirement, and I think he started, like, the next game uh, against Carolina and got crushed. So, Yeah, and I, I think he, he said that his injury situation is just um, getting to be to the point where all it, it's not worth it. You know, it's, right. it's too much, so he's just going to call it. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Uh, I mean, he he gave it a the old college try, that's for sure, uh, getting back in into the league, but I, I don't know. I mean, it sucks. I definitely – I mean, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Um, well, just so, so few people go to the Hockey Hall of Fame that um, – I don't know. Uh, I think he's got a strong case. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's in there, but he's definitely worth talking about. I think that he's he can, he's in the same conversation of generational talent, though. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely one of the best goalies that's played in the last fifteen years. Right, like just under Carey Price, based on stats alone. Um, you know made it to the finals and Tim Thomas was in net when he won, when they won the cup last. So, you know, I look at Tuka Rask and I think that he's been in large part, like before the, uh, before the emergence of Marshawn and, and, you know, kind of Bergeron even, uh, he was there. So definitely a legend in our, in today's game retiring. So we, we wish him the best, honestly. Uh, and, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's some mouth breather in Boston who's happy about it, but enjoy Jeremy Swayman, I guess. Yeah, that uh, <clears throat> that hasn't worked out for them quite yet. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> um, Andrew Hammond traded to the Montreal Canadiens by the Minnesota Wild on Saturday for Brandon Baddock. I think this is kind of a – and Hammond is in the goalie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Hamburglar. Right, and he was like, "What is he backing up, or was he even was he like a taxi squad at one point?" I didn't know that he had a full time roster spot. Um, I'm not sure. He's definitely not the starter. That's for sure. Right. So a little bit of a minor kind of trade here going on. Uh, Oilers fired their head coach Dave Tippett. Jay Woodcroft is the interim coach. Interesting things there. You know. Do you think – how long do you think it is until McDavid is trying to get out of Edmonton? Maybe even Dreisaitl. Um, 
couple years. I mean, he's probably <laughs> got what he's he's got quite a few left on his contract, right? Right. Because they signed, they maxed yeah. him out. Same uh, with Drysital. Yeah, I think though uh, <clears throat> they might start pulling a Jack Eichel if they <laughs> keep not achieving. Right. I mean, how many years was Eichel in Buffalo? Like four, five, before he was like, "Nah, I got to get out of here." Yeah. Start now. dropping. Dropping little uh, Easter eggs in his interviews of, I fucking hate it here. <laughs> yeah. Now, but I think <clears throat> while Buffalo and Edmonton both suck, like, Edmonton is just a little bit better than Buffalo, right? Like, it's still, like, bitter cold, like, all the time and, and whatnot, but it's it's still not Buffalo. Yeah, and, you know, there's at least, you know, that tradition there. Um and it seems like a little bit more of a less miserable fan base, not by much. Right. You know, you look back at it, <clears throat> and Edmonton's like, okay, Edmonton's been to the finals once, is that right, since Gretzky left? I, I really uh, think, like, letting Gretzky leave, like, ruined that franchise. Well, no, they won, they won a cup after he left. I believe. Oh, really? <clears throat> was it a, like it was the year before the lockout? Well, no. I hold on. I'm looking up their their history real quick because I thought they won one after he left. Even though no, eighty nine and ninety. That was the last cup. Yeah, and they lost to Carolina. In the finals. In, yeah, in the finals. And that was like of recent memory. Like when I was in high school. Yeah, I think that was the year after the lockout. Right, right, right. Exactly. But like what – so when did they win a cup after Gretzky, Paul? I'm trying to find that. I don't think they did, dude. Let me see. Hold on. Yeah, 1990. He wasn't there. When did he leave? So he he three-peated with them, right? In 83, 84, 85, 86. Cause, oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. So 84 through 87. No. Four-peat. Well, no, they, there was one in the middle they didn't win. The Canadians won. So then they won with just Messier, is that right? Yeah. So one more, right after he left. Yeah. Verify that. Cause I'm, I'm working on it. <clears throat> Anyways, okay. Even that, but like it would be different if like five years, ten years after Gretzky leaves, they win a cup. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not versed in Edmonton history, on Edmonton lore. Um, but the fifth, yeah, I mean, fifth cup proved that the Oilers were greater than just Gretzky. So makes sense. But after letting him go, it was a the after except for the year after. I think it was a pretty big slide. 
Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> since Gretzky in the 80s, they've yeah. been to two cups. And they've okay. won one and lost one. Okay. So, yeah. They're, uh, they're garbage. And it's <laughs> it says at the close. So he got traded. Play. Gretzky got traded at the close of the '88 season. Yeah. And they won in '90. Oh well, no, they did win in. Okay, yes, and then they won the very next year. Still riding high. Yeah. Okay. So Messier actually has two cups without Gretzky. Right. Okay. Makes sense. All right, so that was our tangent on how much Edmonton sucks. But uh, as, as of right now, we'll see what what happens here, and if anybody's if if McDavid's getting a little antsy and asking for a trade, um, <clears throat> you know, I just feel like being a nice guy is such a bad thing for McDavid here, as far when it comes to like wanting to win. Yeah, because <laughs> he seems so like. I don't know. He seems like a Crosby-esque personality, which means none. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to show up, play hockey, do what he's told. Be nice. <laughs> right, right. All right, so what's what's the last piece of information here? So Everett Fitzhugh and JT Brown are going to make history as the first all-black NHL television broadcast they're going to be calling the Seattle game against Winnipeg on February 17th. Fitzhugh is the radio play-by-play, and Brown is the TV analyst. Um, so uh, it's going to air locally on the Root Sports there, but uh, chances are you'll be able to grab it on ESPN+. Plus. Nice. Is there a um, – yeah. so is this permanent? Uh, no, I, I don't believe so because – uh, Everett, I think, is staying with the radio. I, I think this is a... I believe this is a one-time thing. Okay. Um, Probably for, like, Black I, History Month. Yeah. And I, I think Everett... He... Everett, sorry. He yeah. uh, made history by being the first um, black play-by-play on the radio for the NHL when Seattle hired him a couple years ago. He had the job for a long time before... They even had a team. Or they had a team, but they didn't have a roster and all that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. Breaking barriers all over the place. So congrats to those two. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's, after the boring-ass NHL league news, let's talk about what everybody really cares about and should, and only the real patriots are really worried about, is the motherfucking Olympics, baby. Yeah. It's been pretty fun so far. Um all of the games are either 8-10 in the morning or 11-10 at night, which means they're either... The 8-10 here is prime time over there. Well, actually, I think it's 9 o'clock over there. And then the 11-10 at night is the noon game for that. Right. So, US and Can- or Team USA has been playing either 9 p.m. or noon, which is could be worse for us I mean they could be playing at like 3 in the afternoon and then that'd be 3 in the morning for us but um, Canada and US the women's team had their final uh, group games they played in uh, uh, so group A all five teams advance 
Group B, the top three advanced to the quarterfinals. So Canada ended up winning this game four to two. Um, you know, Canada's got a good power play, and uh, <clears throat> even though Team USA was dominant, which they pretty much outshot them two to one. Yeah. You know, Canada was just uh, they were they were converting when they had to, and uh, Team USA just couldn't get anything by in the net. It was. I mean, you watched the game too, right? I mean, would you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're talking about the women here, just so everybody knows. And I don't know if you said that, but I, I didn't catch it. So, um, the yeah, I thought that the the USA possessed the puck the most, and it seems like you know international play and Olympic play is a lot about puck possession. Um, you know, if you can control the puck, obviously, and in possession and metrics in the sense of uh, just holding the puck the most, right? Not not exactly shot attempts, though the USA uh, did dominate in shot attempts as well during this game. They also, you know, held the puck a lot. But the problem that I saw was that they couldn't get into the middle, whereas Canada, on certain opportunistic times, was able to penetrate the middle um, pretty effectively. And yeah. that's I, that. You know, that was the difference. I wouldn't say that there were any like major breakdowns in this game. It was just that Canada was opportunistic and any small errors uh, were exploited with them. Um, but the bright side is is that the USA did outshoot Canada 53 to 27. And I'm not sure if that's a totally sustainable model uh, for, for Canadian success. Um, but again, you know, when there's high pressure games, uh, who knows? You know, and eventually it will, I think, come down to a gold medal game between these two teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they ended up being one and two for the uh, qualifying game. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I think if U.S. repeats this kind of dominance, I don't think there's any way Canada could uh, squeak out a second victory in this type of dy- dynamic. Right. I think that what they need to do is <clears throat> penetrate the middle a little bit more. Um, that Fillier sniper from Canada is like killing everyone. It's, she's like a new young, like she's younger, but she's been burying. Uh, I think she's at, during the USA game, she had like two goals, two or three, and she's averaging at least like a goal a game. It's been been crazy. Yeah, that's, uh. I mean, the thing that sucks about Canada is even if you shut her down, they've got a whole team of studs. Right. No, I know. And then and their goaltending was obviously on fire uh, when it came down to to this matchup. So I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. And you know, the thing that sucks about the women's tournament is that like this game didn't matter as far as standings because, like you said, all the Group A teams would move on. But uh, it definitely was a pride thing. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it it means when they meet up in the gold medal game, Canada will be the home team. I mean, that matters a little bit. Yeah, uh, last change. Of, yeah, I mean, it, and that's kind of where it ends. But still, that, that is a that is an advantage that they would have wanted to have. Sure. And, you know, anyone who's ever played sports knows that when you're playing your rival, even if it's not, you know, if it's quote unquote not meaningful, it's still meaningful. Right, right. So, I mean, 
Uh, so it's funny. We, we, we come into the Olympic tournament and you and I were both like super pumped about the uh, women's team. And because I thought that they probably had, you know, other than just seeing them play, I thought they probably had the, the highest probability of coming away with a U.S. hockey gold. But uh, I don't know. The men's hockey is looking pretty good too, but we're not there yet. Well, that's We have one more matchup, right, for the uh, – Yeah. For Chechia. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I think I mentioned this last week, but apparently Chechia is what they prefer to the Czech Republic. Right. Um, Kenny Albert was still calling them Chechia or Czech Republic, but uh, even when I Googled it, Chechia is what their country is listed as. Interesting. Anyway, they played them in the first round. Uh, so that was the two versus seven matchup mm-hmm. and <laughs> USA was out shooting them 20 to nothing. And That's then crazy. the Czech scored on their first shot, went up one to nothing. So was it a breakaway or something again, or was it just a good shot? Um, <clears throat> it wasn't a breakaway, but it was a rush and she kind of yeah. like cut through some defenders and had a nice shot. Um, but you know, Hillary Knight got a quick goal in response. I think it was less than a minute later. And then after that, uh, the domination continued and Team USA finally took control of the scoreboard, kind of chipping at it away slowly. Um, But over the next, you know, two periods, they ended up getting four goals and got the score that they probably should have had at the end of the first period based on their shot count. But Team USA got that win. And if you are watching us live, then you can hear this and learn from it. They play tomorrow morning at on Monday morning at eight ten. If you're listening to this on Monday, you may have missed the game. But <laughs> for all Olympic events, you can watch the replays on Peacock. So if you miss any of these games and you want to see it, you can go back and watch it. But they're moving on to the second or to the semifinals, and uh, I actually need to look up who they're playing. Yeah, so <clears throat> I was watching Canada's games against the other teams. Like, they played Sweden and absolutely trounced them. Uh, Canada's a lot stronger, I think, than than we thought. Because unlike the U.S. that has, like, a core that's pretty solidified, Canada's got a lot of new faces on that team, and they're all pretty young. Um, but, you know, it's crazy – how how good Canada is, and you know USA, it, and it's interesting to see the um, the difference in styles. So I'm I'm happy that like national styles of hockey are still kind of um, prevalent, or at least like we're seeing such a you know in the NHL everybody kind of the game's so fast and and everybody kind of plays the North American style there in the NHL, but like <clears throat> in and not to say that there's they're not North American, but like it's a lot of physicality, like dumping, uh, getting a good four check in. Obviously, those are all those are all really uh, <laughs> those are all just basics of hockey, right? Uh, so I'm just being an idiot right now saying this, but um, <clears throat> you know, Canada is a lot more about um, you know working the perimeter and then and and uh with passing with really great passing and basically tiring teams out and hemming them in their own zone uh by moving the puck really really well i mean the first power play goal by canada was against the u.s was like i don't even know it was like a machine did it it was like i was watching a machine work the 
the they they went three high for a second. The middle point person had the puck, pushed it over to the right side, and then they just like it was like a one touch pass back to the middle, then back to the far side, and then back to the middle again, and then that kind of just like distracted the whole defensive set. They shuffle the puck over to the far left side. That player, since all the, you know, since there was a lot of room freed up from that, just like, it seemed like a nothing back and forth pass, but that freed up so much of the defensive uh, set, like it shifted everything over to the right. They move the puck to the left. That player on the left just steps in and puts it below the goal line on a nice pass. And it was a one touch pass into the middle, like perfectly executed. Um, like a beautiful play, you know, I hate to say it, but cause it was Canada, but I remember we were, we were Snapchatting each other late night, um, when this was happening. And I was like, dude, it's crazy how they, I mean, that, that pass meant something, you know, it wasn't just like nothing that back and forth there on the right side to start the whole thing. Yeah. The caps could learn from that. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> and I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, the women's game's a tad bit slower, but, you know, as I'm watching the Olympic women play, they just seem just as fast, honestly, like in the way that I'm, I'm judging speed is I'm counting strides between blue lines and they're taking just as many strides as the men just to get, you know, from, from point A to point B in time with everyone else. So I don't know. It's a just, it doesn't seem slower to me. They do seem smaller. No. They're obviously smaller, yeah. but not not slower by any means. Um, and if they are, it's it's marginal. Yeah. Um, so what happened in this the, Chechia game? Uh, the USA eventually won four to one, right? Yeah, yeah, they won four to one. So Team USA got a four to one win. Finland beat Japan seven to one. US is going to play Finland. Which is, uh, you know, they're they've gotten competitive with U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. They almost won the gold in the 2019 IIHF World Championship. Right. Switzerland beat the Russians four to two, and wow. Canada beat Sweden eleven to nothing. So Canada and Switzerland are going to play for the other gold medal game spot. Um, <clears throat> as much as I want U.S. to beat Canada. I'd be perfectly fine with Switzerland pulling off an upset. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't think that's happening though. They played in prelims and Canada beat them like ten to two or something. Like it was, it was a landslide victory. Um, though I will say the Swiss did score a couple goals on them, at least one. Yeah, and it was a it was a chippy game too. It, it was, man. The Swiss ladies were not fucking around. No, they weren't. I mean, there were there was one play at the end of the game. One of the uh, the Swiss players j- just uh, there was a player prone and like kind of really bent over. She just trucked her into the boards like on her head, like hit her head into the boards. It was it was pretty violent. I was like, damn, nobody uh, got in her face after the hit. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they were um, there was there was definitely some hot heads on that one for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, men's hockey. Yeah, the men's game. So, you know, like you had said, we weren't too sure on how this team would perform 
we had talked about in the past how we like the way this roster is set up compared to 2018. Uh, and so far it looks like it's working because the first game they had an eight to nothing win over China. I mean, even though this was a landslide on the scoreboard, China was playing, they were playing hockey. Yeah. Um, their goaltender looked pretty good. They were, uh, the speed was there. I mean, a lot of these guys used to play in the NHL, the Chinese team. Uh, right. And Team China is a KHL team right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's Kunlin Red Star. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's not like they were playing a bunch of guys who just learned how to play hockey once they found out they were hosting the Winter Olympics. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're playing hockey players here. Uh, but you know, right. Sean Farrell, he ended up getting a hat trick which is the first men's Olympic hat-trick since Phil Kessel in Sochi 2014. Nice. And, I mean, it was dominant. I mean, I don't know. Not much else to say about that. Yeah. Um, And so here's the cool thing about – so the women's U.S. team is a lot more about board battles and kind of using, you know, the boards and staying on the perimeter and grinding it out, I feel, whereas the men's team is like 100% about speed. Uh, And – then the Canadian team for the women's is a little bit more finesse, but you know, they take a lot of penalties too. the women's team in Canada, by the way. But, um, you know, seeing that and then having the, uh, you know, the other, the, 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 the Canadian team that we, we saw when we're going to get into that. Um, I thought the Canadian team was a little bit more of a bruiser team versus a speed, speed team. So it's like a cool kind of opposite, uh, for the men and women of each country. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, <clears throat> you know, the Team USA is kind of playing like the new NHL, you mm-hmm. know, that, that new generation of hockey. Yeah, the men's and team. Canada, yeah. Yeah. And Canada's still holding on to um, you know, hockey as it has been for the last 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, they they have a big team, the men's team. They're, I mean, they're a bunch of big yeah. dudes. So they're they're trying to be able to you know, kind of phys- use their physicality to their advantage and really double down on the checking versus speed. So interesting stuff. But speaking of which, the USA did play the men's Canadian team and we fucking waxed them. <laughs> yeah. I Tell mean, us about aside it. Aside from that, I mean, so Canada gets an early goal. I think it was within the first two minutes and um, USA had a nice response right after. And once it was one-to-one, you know, USA kind of just controlled the game. Like, their their forecheck was all over them. Canada really couldn't get much going. Um, it was like the Team USA was running, like, a, a full-court press or, you know, the way a power play struggles against a very aggressive penalty kill the entire game. I mean, Canada did have their moments, but it really just seemed like USA was not giving them any room to breathe, and the uh, the Canadians were not comfortable at all. Yeah, um, I definitely thought our speed killed them, <clears throat> and you know we had a good mix of speed and 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 talent there. I liked it. I mean, the the men's team has one hundred percent surprised me, and it's just awesome to see that. We've got a lot of promising American talent that's going to be in the NHL here soon, and that the NCAA is like well represented uh, on this roster. Yeah, I mean, fifteen of the the current players are still in college, 
So all 15 of them are probably going to be in the NHL. Yeah. Um, okay, so then that's that's a 2-0 and record. And then this morning, which is Sunday morning, um, the USA men played Germany? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Germany came out. They got an early power play goal. But then U.S. got two in response. Um, you know, Germany, they've got 10 guys returning from that silver medal team. They are definitely not a slacker. Uh, I mean, they've got a Stanley Cup champion, Tom Kunockel, on their team. <laughs> uh, Germany is a is a good squad. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, U.S. ended up, up being up 3-1. to one. Germany did grab a late goal, and they were putting on some good pressure at the end. But uh, Team USA was able to withstand the empty net, and they get out of Group A undefeated, first round bye. Uh, remains to be seen if... Canada will have to play in the play-in game or if they'll get that fourth bye. But, uh, you know, Team USA, it looked What good. was the score of the Germany game? It was 3-2. to two. Okay. Wow. That's closer than we'd like. Yeah, it is. Um, but honestly, coming into this Olympics, considering the last uh, U.S. performance and how Germany played last time, I think... You know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see U.S. lose this game. Right. So it's uh, it's a big win. I, I think out of these three games, the only one that, to me, was expected was the Chinese win. Right. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Um, and it's awesome to see us leaving group play or the round robin undefeated. So Absolutely. That's, you know, we've got to be number one seed, right? Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the um, quarterfinals right now. Because uh, there's still going to gonna be quite a few games before Team USA plays again. Right, <clears throat> which is good. Let's rest up and, and come back out. I mean, again, this has been – if you're watching hockey – if you're a real patriot and you're watching hockey uh, for the for the men's Olympic and the women's Olympic uh, squads, you know the the gold dream for both these teams is very much intact. You know the women on the USA squad lost to their biggest rival and and most likely uh, gold medal uh, matchup there, but again we outshot them and buried them in, in possession. So. We need to tighten up defensively and get a little bit more into the middle. And I think that maybe we start uh, finding twine on that on that uh, uh, Canadian goaltender. But you look at uh, you know you look at the men, and they're a complete surprise for me, honestly. Like to beat Canada was huge, and then to beat Germany as well, also huge. I mean. Real Patriots yeah. should be feeling feeling really good right now. Yeah, you should be out in the in the rain, thunderstorm, holding your flag, blaring Metallica. <laughs> the U.S. ended up being the the top seed. They're the only team that went a perfect three and zero. Yeah. Uh, well, fin- Finland went three and zero, but one of them was an overtime win. So okay, uh, it's one less point. <clears throat> but they will play their next game. <clears throat> it's on the sixteenth. 
and they're going to play the winner of Slovakia and Germany. Woof. So we may we may see a back to back Germany Germany game, and Germany's probably feeling pretty confident, uh, being able to to keep it close, and also almost you know give that good veteran push there at the end. So, whew. and if, can't wait. Uh, assuming the United States wins their game, they would play most likely the Russians or Denmark or Latvia if one of those teams pulled off an upset. Highly unlikely. Right, right, right. Interesting yeah. stuff. All right, awesome. So I'm pumped about – obviously, we talk about the Olympics all the time, and we, we've said it's the most extreme form of patriotism that Polly and I exhibit, and that's absolutely true. Um, I'm, I, can't, I can't be happier. The only thing that would make me happier is if the USA – uh, women's team did beat Canada, but you know, again, that game didn't matter for shit because all of those teams in group a were moving on anyways. It was just a pride thing. So, okay. Maybe it's better that they take this L and they're like, you know, okay, well we just got, we we've seen the, we've seen the team now. We know what to expect. Let's learn from it and, you know, watch video and make sure that we're ready. Exactly. So, Yes, USA, baby. USA, USA. <laughs> Start so I'm, it up. I'm just going to mention these next points real quick. Okay. Um, McKinnon, he's back uh, from injury from that mm-hmm. hit from Taylor Hall. Um, Brad Marchand got a six-game suspension for his antics against the Penguins. He <laughs> Which... has appealed it. Oh, he did? <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. I think it's hilarious, and he's got a point. You know, he came out on Twitter and said, look, we're not going to – we're not – like, nobody's in danger there. He's fine. Like, I poke him in the head with the stick. Yeah, it was stupid and a scumbag play, but I don't care (laughs) is basically what he said, and I love it. Yeah, that's pretty on brand. (laughs) Uh, Marcus Foligno from the Wild was suspended two games for kneeing against the Jets, and Austin Watson – just today for the Senators was suspended two games for interference against the Bruins. Yeah. Fuck Austin Watson. So, pretty, uh, pretty eventful week for George Peros. Yeah. Austin Watson, the guy who assaulted his girlfriend physically outside of a gas station years ago. Um, yeah. Fuck that guy. I remember after he came back, Tom Wilson beat the shit out of him. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Vigilante justice. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> um, but we do have to pay, well, we do have to pay the bills around here, Caps fans. So let me tell you about our gracious sponsor, DraftKings. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bank partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $100, $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Or if you like real sports, you can also bet on those. 21 or older, <laughs> minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call one call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPENNY or text Hope New or text Hope New York in Y. Hope in Y. Four six seven three six nine. Dude, I've been calling it fucking Hope Penny for the whole for like the last two weeks. And it's Hope in Y. Like H O P E N Y. DraftKings, well, please don't fire you, us. You learn. You learn and you move forward. Hope Penny. <laughs> I was wondering what that meant. Me too. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are they have us reading? All right. Let's talk about the Washington Capitals. Let's okay. bring us down a notch. <laughs> All right, Caps fans. It's the Washington wraparound. And spoiler alert, it's not pretty. Um, no. yeah, so on the eighth, we're at home, you know, uh, should be a bit of an advantage for the Washington Capitals, you know, rock the red, you know, the hometown crowd, uh, against a team that's really not a contender in our division, uh, in the Columbus Blue Jackets. They, we ended up losing 5-4 in regulation, though, Ovechkin was on the roster, cleared COVID protocol. He's fine, had no symptoms. And Phoenix Copley is actually starting in that here. Um, I don't know, Polly. Look, you know, the Caps got off to a two-goal lead with uh, Hathaway and Dowd goals, both assisted by Hagelin. Um, the Dowd goal came 40 seconds in the seconds, and, and things are looking good. Um, and then, and then tell us, tell us from there, Polly, what happened? Well, <clears throat> line A in Boquist ended up tying it up two to two. Um, and then, you know, five minutes left in the second, the power play does get one. Cusey puts it in on an assist from Ovi and Carlson. Uh, but the caps were unable to continue the lead and take it into intermission because line A picked up a second goal on a power play goal with three seconds left. That's a real uh, kick in the dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Columbus just kept the momentum going. Uh, Trey Fix Wolanski, he got one in <laughs> on Copley a few minutes into the third, which led to Copley coming out of the game. Sam Sonoff comes in. And then Tom Wilson gets one in late in the third. But once again, uh, uh, Columbus grabs some momentum somehow because Boone Jenner scores, beats Samsonov to win 5-4. to four. He scored with 45 seconds left. So Caps couldn't even hold on to get that point. They really, you know, I mean, Columbus came to play. And the yeah. Caps had their, had their moments, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The Caps just weren't, uh, they weren't there tonight. 
I don't think. I wouldn't say that we were outclassed <clears throat> all over the ice, but we were outclassed in large time periods all over the ice. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, taking penalties is never good. As No, it's not. As evidenced by Patrick Laine, who, you know, other than maybe Steve Stamkos from that left circle, uh, has the most comparable shot to Ovechkin on that one-timer. Uh, yeah. The Copley pull was just Laviolette. That was just, I could just see Laviolette going like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Do something. I don't know. Like, you guys are fucking dog out here. Let's, I don't, goalie, what can I do? Goalie change. That's, that's what I, that's what I saw in that, in that poll. You know, Copley is, I don't think is an NHL goalie. Uh, You know, I appreciate him and what he does in the AHL and all that. But um, I don't think that he'll ever be a starter in this league. And I think he's been given plenty of opportunities. You know, that's a it's a goalie that I thought might be something when we traded him to the Blues. So I was kind of, you know, not pumped to see him go. But then he got absolutely shellacked behind Jake Allen, Jake Allen in in St. Louis, and then comes back to DC, and we're like, yeah, this is great. You know, I and I mean, it was I think it was mostly a cap move that that got him back here, but. Yeah, I am, uh, you know, not not confident with Vitek being out. That our, I mean, our goaltending was already, you know, could be considered shaky. With Vitek Vanacek out, it's even worse. Yeah, I think Fukale is going to be our future call-up. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, though, with Fukale, is that if he plays too many games, then he'd have to go through waivers if he doesn't make camp, and then if we still have Vitek and Sammy on the roster, what do we do? Yeah. Well, I just mean this season. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Possibly. Again, I think that they're trying to save him, though, so that he doesn't have to clear waivers on the way back down if he doesn't make camp next year. Because if he plays, like, a certain amount of games this year, like, it's he has to clear waivers uh, if, if he gets cut from the from the big club uh, next year. <sighs> Fun spot to be in. I know. The Caps are just, you know, all over the place now with how many call-ups they've had to take. Um, they would definitely benefit from a slight rule change due to COVID. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. we're going to be a little bit more lenient on you on your UFA, RFA, or, you know, your waiver wire and give you like 20 more, 10 more games per per player that they need to actually play or whatever that is. Um, so we'll see, we'll see exactly what, how that pans out. I doubt the, I doubt that they're going to make a change like that to be completely honest. But uh, yeah. So uh, cap shit the bed. Long story short in Columbus or in DC versus Columbus cap shit the bed on the 10th, two days later, we have a game in Montreal and Montreal right now is locked down completely due to COVID. Uh, so since Ovechkin had the positive case in whatever, 14 days or whatever they are saying to, to get into Canada, he was not able to travel with the team. Um, but Montreal, you know, that's a team in turmoil. We see, this is our, we referenced Martin Louis, Martin St. Louis earlier in the podcast. We saw him 
on this this game behind the bench for Montreal, um, and it was not a very welcoming uh, position for him to be in because the Capitals got their shit together and beat Montreal five to two, a pretty dominating game. Yeah, I mean, this would have been a good game to have Ovechkin for because the goaltending was very bad. Uh, could have been a, a nice stat-padding game for Ovi, but yeah. you know, in his absence, they were still able to find the net. You know, Snively got his first and second career NHL goals. Uh, so he got his first goal, and then the next shift, McMichael got a goal. And uh, Joe Snively's the third Virginia-born player to score in the NHL. And it's let's go. just so nice that it was for the Capitals. Repping Herndon. Let's go. 703. <laughs> Fairfax County. Um, and then, you know, Caps Twitter's sweetheart, Carl Haglin, <clears throat> he scored <laughs> the game winning goal to make it three to nothing. Uh, basically, from the goal line, from the corner, just sniped it. I don't know how. Um, but you know, Carl Hagelin, he can play hockey. He can score goals. Uh, Pitlick soon scored for Montreal and got them on the board three to one, but then Snively got his second, uh, kid was just having a night. Cole Caulfield, another young, I mean, this, this was aside from Carl Hagelin, this was a young kid's night. Yeah. Cole Caulfield, he scored, make it four to two heading into the second intermission. And then Caulfield in third looked like he got another goal, but then on Lavillette's challenge, they called it offside. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was mad because I thought Simsonov had ruined Haglund's game-winning goal. Yeah. But luckily, Lavillette saved it. And then, um, you know, Montreal had, had some energy, had some pushes in the third. Tom Wilson sealed it with an empty netter. And, uh, you know, like I said, it would have been nice to see Ovi play this game. He would have feasted. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and Cole Caulfield was snake-bitten up to this point. He hadn't scored a goal in like 19 games or something crazy like that. Uh, he had one goal on the whole season. Glad we could be of service. Yeah, exactly. You know, if there's any team that you can turn a slump around on, it's the fucking Washington Capitals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, okay. And then today, which is Sunday, the matinee uh, in D.C. against Ottawa. Now, Ottawa is not a great team right now in the standings, but they are the youngest team in the NHL. They have that fucking curly-headed Brady Kachuk, and they've got some pieces that are looking quite promising. They're, uh, like I said, I mean, an exciting young team to be looking at. Um they're a team that, you know, I mean, I don't know what's in the water up in Canada, but it's like teams that do well and go to like the Stanley Cup finals and then fall off the very next year. We've seen it with Montreal. And the last team that I can remember that had such a precipitous drop was Ottawa after going to the conference finals against Pittsburgh and fucking, uh, that's, I think, their first cup on the back to back. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they shit the bed, and we're about to head to a, a, a it was a one overtime goal that Chris Kunitz fucking f- wounded duck flutters in over uh, 
who, who old Craig. Um, old Greg's. Oh yeah, uh, old Craig's. Uh, Craig Anderson's shoulder. God damn it. So, yeah. Anyways, Ottawa. Uh, so I didn't get to watch like the first first part of this. So go go ahead and and take it away, Polly. Tell us about this shit show. Well, the Sens got their first goal on an early shorty. So, you know, power play already starting off hot. Um, and then 10 minutes later, they grabbed another one from Godot. Uh, you know, the, the Sens came out buzzing. They were, they, they came to play that even though they had played an afternoon game yesterday on Saturday and they came out playing and they didn't slow down the whole game. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're fast and, and they'll hit, they got a bite to them and they had that today. Um, and then, so they did take a penalty at the end of the first, which on that power play at the beginning of the second, well, so uh, the Caps controlled the puck for a while. And then, I'm sorry, I'm confusing that with the USA game. Forget what I was saying. Um, uh, a power play carried over into the second period. Yeah. And Ovi, Ovi puts one on net. Backy buries the rebound. Uh, it's good to see the legends, you know, trying to get the team back into the game. Not long after, it looked like Willie was going to tie the game up. But this fucking first, save was nuts. Keep, yeah, we need to keep people with that last name out of the arena. Uh, <laughs> Forsberg with a crazy diving save. And, I mean, Willie was even celebrating. I threw my arms up in the air. No yeah. Um, and then to, to end the period with a minute and a half left, curly-headed fuck Kachuk scores a goal. Three to one Senators. <laughs> um, and then really the only fun part for the Capitals in the third period, uh, 6.30 in, Tom Wilson made a huge hit, clean hit on Shabbat. Back behind the net, Nick Paul decided to fight him because, for whatever reason, hockey players think you need to fight when people get hit clean. Right. That's a gripe of mine that we don't have to get into now. (laughs) Um, Weren't a whole lot of punches, but Tom did get a a few. He he ended up punching the dude's helmet off. Uh, I'd call it a a St. Thomas win. Yeah, I would too. it, It wasn't a... I mean, Nick Paul got a few shots in, but they weren't real quality, and Tom just grown manned him. Um, <laughs> yeah, Paul was trying to get in there and like work the body. I don't know if he was like trying to rope a dope or whatever, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't gonna work. Uh, Tommy throttled him a couple times with over the head, and it was it was like that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, and Brady Kachuk tried to fight him too. Tom Wilson almost found himself in a two on one fight there. Uh, but you know Tom Wilson kind of was just like no I'm fighting him <laughs> uh, you know about 10 minutes in the uh, period Brown got one past Sammy 4-1 to one, and uh, that ended up being the end of the, the game there the Caps got a late penalty or late power play and they just ate two minutes off of the last four minutes of the game and didn't get anything going and, uh, yeah, so the power play sucked again. The Caps did kill off two five-on-threes today. So, you know, the PK's doing their job, and yeah. that's about it. The silver lining, Paulie. I love it. Um, well, this is, yeah. a, this is a fucking shit show. This, this game sucked. Uh, yeah. 
we were getting outplayed, didn't win many puck battles. Samsonov was good for a leaky goal. I mean, every bad part about the Washington Capitals game showed itself pretty prevalently in, in today's today's game. I, I It's a matinee. You know, I mean, everything was working against the Capitals in the universe for this one, and it absolutely showed. Um, is it acceptable? Probably not, but um, it's unsurprising. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the worst game of the week for them, and I'd kind of hoped, because I think last year on Super Bowl Sunday, they kept talking about how the Caps have, like, a history of doing well on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. So I thought, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get a good one today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what you get for for thinking positively, Polly. Um, yeah. I was I was channeling the secret, and the secret slapped me with the book. <laughs> Dude, um, here's so okay. The power play's fucked. I get it. I do. I understand. We had chances. Our entries are poop. And I think that it's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm at lo- I'm literally at a loss. Usually I have some pretty good suggestions, right, about what we could do with the power play and moving guys around and, and all this stuff. Uh, obviously, Blaine Forsyth is not a listener to this podcast because I don't think he's done much uh, to put our suggestions into play. But when he has, you know, by parking Ovechkin in front of the net – Ovi gets some goals there, right? I mean, we score on it. Um, it just, I, I don't know. I'd like to see more movement out there, man. Like, we're too set. I mean, John Carlson doesn't move from the middle spot much. I mean, I, I think he probably goes 10 feet either way the whole time. Yeah, I mean, he did drop down today, actually, and got a really good look that yeah. didn't go through. But, um, <clears throat> and, Tom Wilson did hit a post late on a deflection. Right. So, I mean, they did have a few looks. But, yeah, I mean, they are. Stagnant is the best word for that power play. Yeah. You know, they just there's, – there's no cutting. There's very little rotation. Every now and then, Ovi and Carlson will switch spots. But I think I've said it before. I, I think the best way for them to open up the power play, if they're not going to do a new scheme, you put Ovi in the bumper. Watch how it opens everybody else up. Yeah, that makes sense. I I, I don't know. And and you know, is is firing Blaine Forsyth going to fix this, dude? I I don't think so. We were talking about this before before we started recording. I don't think Blaine Forsyth. I mean, look, okay, you can blame blame him all you want, but ultimately the onus is on the players to fucking put the puck in the back of the net and execute, right? So, you know, I I just don't. <laughs> What is what is a new coach going to do? A new power play coach? I don't know. Do you? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it wouldn't hurt to see, but I don't know. Yeah. So we'll think on that and report back. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be anxiously waiting. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Blaine's. You know, sorry, Blaine. I know that you're probably listening. Uh, I don't He's know. biting his nails right now. Yeah. Hearing yeah. him say this, right? <laughs> okay, so we predicted 
some some real bad shit. Uh, Ovi goals this week. You had two. I had one. He had zero. Um, so but he did have two assists. He did have two assists though, so that's good for that, I guess. Um, he's probably got more assists than goals at this point, which is wild. Um, I don't know if he'll ever score a fucking goal again. So, you know, it's it's that type of couple weeks for him. Um, and the Caps went uh, one and two. I I had said three and zero oh, because that's what we should have done. None of these teams are in the fucking playoffs. We shit the bed against Columbus. We didn't show up in Ottawa against Ottawa. Uh, I don't know what else there is to say. Uh, it was a fucking garbage week. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry. So that's all. That's all I have. I don't even. I don't even have enough to talk about enough energy to talk about like how they can improve. It was just a bad week. And if we continue to stack these bad weeks, we might miss the fucking playoffs. We're no. We're in a wild card spot, Caps fans. Just so you know. Um, and I believe that the Bruins and I mean, God bless the Bruins. They're losing too. Um, and that's literally the only thing that's keeping us in that wild card spot. And, you know, the Bruins though, they string together a couple wins. Uh, and you know, I, maybe Detroit catches fire. Columbus catches fire and strings together like a 10 game winning streak. We could very well see the Washington Capitals not make the playoffs. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but it is within the realm of possibilities with, you know, 32 games left. We have played the most games in the entire Eastern Conference at 50, and we have 61 points. The Bruins have 57, so they're only four points back. And Detroit has 50, and Columbus has 47. So, again... Detroit and Columbus would really have to catch fire here. But crazier shit has happened. Yeah. I'm not liking it. Dude, Carolina's goal differential. And and what makes this even worse, the goddamn Pittsburgh fucking Penguins are atop the division. Yeah. Motherfucker. That's that's garbage. It's it's fucking embarrassing. Um the the goal differential for the Carolina Hurricanes right now is plus fifty two. Florida <laughs> is a plus fifty five. Colorado is a plus fifty nine. And interestingly enough, out of that out of the fifties, Minnesota's a plus forty. Caps are sitting at a plus twenty one. That's respectable. It's not dominant. Yeah. But you're outscoring opponents fifty goals. Holy shit. That's that's woo. Pretty dominant there. Yeah, it is. I would like to see Florida play the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs. Yeah, I would too. Hopefully it's second round, not first. Right. Um, I mean, it, they're both looking to win the um, their respected division, I believe. Oh, no, 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 no. They're in the same division. What am I thinking? Um yeah, so it would have to be probably the second round. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Well, so doom and gloom, Washington Capitals fans. Existence is pain. 
isn't it? What do we got next week? So on the 15th at Nashville and the mm-hmm. 17th at Philadelphia. Um, and then I'm pretty sure they're going into their bye week because then okay. they don't play again, I think, until the next Thursday. Good God. Thank you so much. We need it. Um, I'm going to go two OV goals. I got one. Oh, I already see your prediction. Mm. So what's your prediction? Oh, and two. You think the Predators and the Flyers beat us? Yeah, I think they suck right now. <laughs> I was going to go 0-2, oh but after seeing that you're 0-2, oh I'm also going to go 0-2. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Burn it the fuck down. Burn it down, Washington Capitals. You guys suck so bad right now. It's it's not great hockey to be watching. You know, this is my the only time I ever say 0 and 2 is when I'm expecting to be wrong, so that I'm never truly wrong. Like I'm expecting to be wrong here, but let's just pile on. Let's just feel sorry for ourselves as much as possible right now. Yeah. Dig a big hole of misery. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's wrap this up. Caps fans, thanks for tuning in on Thursday. The Hockey Troll Hip Check. Uh, I'm going to revisit this uh, Jacob Panetta, Jordan Suban incident. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit. And Polly, what are you going to do for snack time with Polly Cupcakes? I'm going to talk about a movie I just watched called Indian Horse. Oh. Uh, it's about a. Uh, a First Nations player in, um, I think it was like the 60s. Yeah. About. So. Um, I too watched this movie, yeah. and I'm the one that told you to watch it. You know, it must have been a while, because I don't remember that. It just happened to be related to another movie I watched. Yeah, it was like a month ago. I was like, dude, you gotta check out this Indian horse uh, thing. Well, I'm glad you've watched it, because then we can talk even more about it. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, thanks for being late to your assignment. Uh, But, hey, better late than never, right, Polly? That's what I've told every employer that I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's my policy, really. (laughs) All right, Capstans, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Thursday. We'll be talking about our uh, those two things and some uh, some segment based stuff. And enjoy the Super Bowl. If or hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. If you're listening, if you're watching the stream, enjoy the Super Bowl and uh, have a have a great week. Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans! Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.